0: Welcome to the Mike Herndon Show, week three. I am Mike Herndon. I'm joined by our uh, executive producer for this show and director of published content for broadwaysportsmedia.com, Easton Freeze. Of course, the show itself, part of the Broadway Sports Media Group. Uh, and uh, we're excited to talk a little, uh, well, I, excited maybe a strong word. We are going to talk about Titans build. <laughs> we,
1: we, we are, in fact, going to speak about the Tennessee Titans today our feelings yeah. on that topic are, uh, unspoken whether we're yeah. enjoying this or not, but it is what we're going to do.
0: <laughs> it is, it is going to happen one way or another, whether we like it or not.
1: Right. Mike, how's it going this week, man? Are you ready to get into, we've got a lot of, a lot of really interesting things to get into today. Um, we, we did a lot. I think this is the most, uh, prepared we are for one of these shows coming in so <laughs> far. We have a lot of topics to get into and it's very structured. And I think, um, in terms of payoff for the the folks that pay to to get this content. Today is an example of the kind of stuff you're going to get for the rest of the year, because we've got some really special um, things to get into that. I don't think you're going to get anywhere else. So uh, if you're ready, Mike, we can just we can dive into some of these things that we want to talk about. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Let's go. Okay, so the first thing that that we were talking about pre-show that you wanted to dive into is is just a look back on this Titans team from a roster construction standpoint, um, looking at some bad drafts combined with some bad personnel decisions, how those have led to this roster that's incredibly flawed, at least through two weeks. You had some thoughts on on what the Titans have done over the past couple of years in the personnel department and, and why things have gone wrong so far.
0: Yeah, and let, let me couch this first by saying, I think John Robinson has largely done a really good job as general manager of the Titans. He is, his record speaks for itself, five straight uh, winning seasons, or is it, is it six straight now? It's Uh, six now. Yeah. Six straight now Um, six straight winning seasons uh, Four playoff appearances, two division titles, it, that's a really strong record for a guy who came here when, when the roster was, you know, literally like Antonio Andrews and Byron bell and, and guys like that. Who? Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so that, that being said, Robinson has had his fair share of misses and, and a lot of them extremely obvious and in public at this point with Isaiah Wilson. And, uh, you know, you can go back to Kevin Dodd, you can go back to uh, to Austin Johnson, who, you know, ended up being an NFL player, but not certainly not worthy of a, a high second round pick that, that they took him with. And there are, there are certainly other, other misses, you know, Rashawn Evans was a miss, right? They uh, Taylor was a miss. So like there, there were, there are many misses that that's true of almost all teams, but what you can't have are these drafts where you just get almost nothing. And, mm-hmm. and I think there's two things at play. So. You look at, at this 2020 class and the 2021 class, and as of right now, and look, some of these guys are good football players who are currently injured, and, and that's just part of it, right? The, the injuries are part of it. But if you look at this list of players, the Titans are getting almost nothing out of any of these guys. Okay, Isaiah Wilson, mm. Christian Fulton, who's currently hurt, Darrington Evans uh, off the team. Laurel Murchison on the practice squad, Cole McDonald out of the NFL, Chris Jackson uh, on IR now, I think, and was already kind of a fringe roster player. Uh, And then going into 2021, Caleb Farley, who is currently, you know, a backup corner um, as your 19th overall, or I'm sorry, 22nd overall pick. Um, Dylan Raiden's backup guard at this point uh, with pick 53. Monty Rice, who's on the PUP, Elijah Molden, who's hurt, Des Fitzpatrick on the practice squad, Rashad Weaver, who's playing, you know, and, and giving them something. He's probably giving them the most out of anyone in, in this.
1: He's got to be the highlight there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um Racing McMath hurt Brady Breeze out of the NFL. So that is what eight, uh 14 players selected over two draft classes. And Rashad Weaver, your fourth round defensive end. That you took out of uh, out of Pitt in 2021 is really the only one that's given you anything so far. Fulton will once he gets back healthy, and it sounds like he may play this week, so you know that that could help a little bit. But still, if you've only got two guys currently producing out of those two draft classes, which should be making up a big core of your roster, that's a major problem, and that's yep. that's why you're seeing guys being shoved into to roles like. You know, Aaron Brewer at left guard, who, you know, probably shouldn't be a starting left guard uh at the NFL level. He's got to play. You know, rookie Nick, Nicholas Petit Frere has to play right away. He's playing pretty well, but the fact that he's having to play at all is is partially dictated by the fact that they missed on Dylan Radens. Yep. Uh the fact that you don't have a great left tackle uh you know option on the roster right now. Dylan Raiden's. So you've got all these kind of snowballing effects of these two basically missing draft classes and then you combine that with if you look at the list from John Robinson's first two classes so 2016 and 2017 better classes be, be, much better classes much better draft classes got good NFL players but for reasons whether correct or incorrect right didn't retain many of these guys yep. so Jack Conklin you know now playing for the Browns look Conklin's hurt all the time He's hurt all the time, and I I don't think you want to pay him that contract. But the fact that you drafted him and couldn't retain him, like what this team is missing to me, are guys that are in there like twenty six to twenty nine year old primes right now, and those would be guys that came from this class. Mm -hmm. Derrick Henry, Kevin Byard are are kind of the two guys from this class that uh, you know from this two thousand sixteen class. And then there's nobody uh, left from the 2017 class that's still on the roster besides Corey Levin, who's gone away and come back multiple times, right? Uh, and is you know a very fringe roster guy, anyways. It, you know you got two guys out of that class, those two classes that are still on the roster at this point. You know we're six years down the road; those should be you know your leaders, your your core players you would like to see them retain some of these guys. And look, you know, if you look through the guys that were successes out of those classes, we already mentioned Conklin Corey Davis was it's, he was a bust relative to fifth overall. He's not a bad NFL player. And then he's also been hurt with the Jets. So like, I get like, you probably didn't want to pay him that contract, but would it be nice to have him right now? Yeah, it it would. Um, Adoree Jackson, same thing yeah he got hurt and was very frustrating that one year he's been a really good nfl quarter he's he's been fantastic for the giants since he got there and you know Giants riders are all starting to talk up him as a potential pro Bowl, pro kind of corner so hey good draft pick um you know this is the guy that they hoped that he would turn into but the fact that you didn't retain him is a problem because now you've got caleb farley you've got you know roger mccreary having to play right away as a rookie you've got issues at corner you know and we thought corner might be a strength coming in this yep. year and injuries have obviously hurt that but i saw
1: this on on twitter just just before we started filming about Adore jackson in his last 10 games almost 400 coverage snaps 36 targets 13 catches less than 100 yards allowed one touchdown allowed an interception five passes batted down or, or broken up um, 36% catch rate and 2.7 yards per target. It's a, it's a stud corner.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. That's, that's top of the league stuff. And, and that is, it, he showed that in flashes here too. Like he, he had stretches. Uh, I think particularly the end of 2019. Right, that
1: season right before he was hurt and it was the, the end season, right? He was, exactly. he was coming into that year. The talk was okay. You got a cornerback one. What, what else do you got? Exactly.
0: And so, not being able to retain him, not being able to retain John U. Smith, you know, Johnny Smith mm-hmm. hasn't done a ton in New England, but did turn into a good NFL player, got paid a bunch of money, you know. Even guys like Jayon Brown, you, you know, I get why they didn't bring him back. David Long kind of supplanted him, but still, you know, these were the kind of guys that that should be making up the core of your roster. Between those two draft classes, that it didn't end up being retained. Um, that were good picks they just didn't end up being resigned and then the two draft classes where you just seem to miss on almost everyone that's a lot of missing pieces I mean really you know Harold Landry from 2018 and then the 2019 class which we all know is is just chock full of studs mm-hmm. those are the the only things keeping this team afloat right now right um, you know it, it is ugly outside of that right now so you know, I think 2022. You know, all signs point to that is is off to a really good start. Traylon Burks is playing well, McCurry's playing well, NPF is playing well. Willis showed flashes. Haskins has been fine. Um, Oconquo, Phillips, like there, there's some exciting pieces there. Mm-hmm. Um, that may end up being another 2019, which could help you know buoy this team in the future. But right now, they're all rookies, and, and asking those guys to contribute a lot partially is because of what they've been doing the last few years and on a talent acquisition standpoint. So it is definitely those chickens coming home to roost uh, for, for this team as a whole. And, it, you know, I can understand people being frustrated with John Robinson over that. And and he deserves blame for uh, some of the issues that they're having right now. In fact, I'd say he deserves the lion's share of the blame uh, despite, you know, the frustrations over Todd Downing and, and you know, there's some coaching stuff too, but, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, right. But and I, I think yeah.
1: it's, I think it's fascinating. It's, that's the double-edged sword there, right? Because there's been a lot of talk this year about how the Titans getting a lot of contribution out of their rookie draft class already. That can be a good thing. Um, it it indicates great things about the trajectory that that class is on, but also you don't necessarily want all your rookies to be contributing in a big way out of the gate. Really great teams don't have a ton of rookie contribution out of the gate, typically. Um, it's it's interesting that you know we we talk about these holes and they're certainly there. Do you think some of these problems, looking at this year in particular, you know what what the Titans are left with? given what we what we just went back and recapped from their their past couple of years of, of back and forth drafting. Do you see these issues as fundamental um, or do you you see them as just a matter of certain players needing to develop and get better in a hurry? I guess my question is. Are these issues that are. Chronic, is it a is it a death sentence for this team in this season or is it a matter of? these are issues that they're going to have to find a way to fix with some of the players that they have. And that's going to be, you know, on the backs of these players to just get better quickly.
0: Yeah. I think it's, I think they have some, some real issues because at the end of the day, this team is built, especially offensively to be a run first football team and for better or worse. And I know like everybody hates that, you know, the Titans are a run first football team. It is how they're built. They they're yep. built around Derrick Henry, and and they're built around letting their quarterback make simple defined reads off of play action, and that's what they that's what they had. You know, the what the fourth best offense in the league a couple of years ago, um, with that was what the the foundation of that was. So. It's not that that can't work, it's that that can't work if you can't
1: run the ball. And, <laughs> yeah.
0: and they yeah. are It's in the really title.
1: If you're struggling. a run first team, you have to be able to run. That's a yeah. it's a pretty fundamental part of it.
0: That is pretty much step 1. You know, hey, can you run the ball? Okay. <laughs> okay no, cool. Then you can be a run okay, first offense. Run the of the way. Um, so I I think it's unless they can find a way and look, they and Henry has always been a slow starter like all virtually every year of his career he has been a slow starter and the offensive line under keith Carter has generally taken some time to gel and by the end of the year they're generally steamrolling guys and and running the football that's fine and that that may play out this year a little bit but you're gonna have to do it without taylor lawan um you're gonna have what dennis daly and aaron brewer is the left side of your offensive line. That's going to be a problem. Like, look, yep. those guys may end up playing okay by the end of the year. It's going to be a problem in the short term. And, you know, God forbid there's another injury to that group. They are out of quality options. Um, they will really, they didn't have quality options to yeah. begin with. It's Dylan really Raiden,
1: step on up pretty yeah, much. And,
0: and Raiden's is, is kind of your last, your last, uh, potential guy you can, vestige throw in. of hope. Yeah. You're, remotely okay about um so it is it is getting pretty grim on the offensive line and if they can't block for Derrick Henry and if Henry can't turn it on I think Henry's got his own issues I, I think he's struggled with vision a little bit early I think he's missing some holes he's missing some opportunities he doesn't yep. look like he's got the burst that we're used to seeing Um, not that he's had a ton of opportunities like Look, I know that all the stats he's been getting hit behind the line more often than anyone. it's been frustrating to try yeah. to
1: evaluate him so far, because it that really is- hasn't been a, a fair uh, slate to you feel like you can't fairly evaluate him based on what we've seen so far.
0: And he's he's the kind of back that he just needs a clean runway. You know, that that is part yep. of the the Derrick Henry experiences. If you give him a clean runway, you're going to have a good time. Um and he can make your blocks. You can make your blocks look better than than maybe they were, as long mm-hmm. as you're not allowing instant penetration. But as soon as you start getting the instant penetration, he is. There's nothing special about him. Well, that has I
1: always think. been his superpower, right? All yeah. all you have to do with Derrick Henry is allow him to get about five steps in without being touched. That's all you have to do, and then he does the rest for you. Yeah. But when you aren't able to do that, he turns back into a pumpkin.
0: Exactly, and and you know if. If you're gonna have a really bad offensive line, um, you know you would rather have a back like Saquon Barkley who exactly is capable of making guys miss in the backfield and creating something from nothing, even when there's chaos. You know, Derrick Henry does not thrive well in chaos. He needs lanes. He needs to be able to get going downhill and then you know turn those shoulders to the line of scrimmage and run through people. And that's you know something that I yeah, they haven't been able to do consistently yet. I mean, the Giants they ran the ball okay. Uh, in the Giants game overall, but yeah, you know, the Bills game, absolutely nothing. There, there was nothing coming. Uh, the Bills, and part of the the Bills had zero fear of the Titans passing game, none, and they shouldn't have. Uh, the way that their corners played against the Titans wide receivers, they were all pressed up all night long, and they didn't have any fear whatsoever that those guys were going to run by them and beat them. And-
1: well, even more than that, they had no fear that that Ryan Tannehill would be given enough time for those plays to develop downfield.
0: Exactly. And that's part of that, too. And and, and if you look at you turn around, you look at the way the Titans defended Josh Allen and the Bills, obviously a totally different offense. But Titans corners were terrified of Stephon Diggs. And so that scared. Is, and that is why he had so many catches for five, six, seven yards. And they could almost take that five yard stop route anytime they wanted it because the corners were bailing out before the snap even came yep. every single time. And all these easy access throws just made it so easy for the Bills to stay in a rhythm and march down the field. And look, I get it. Like Trey Avery should be terrified of Stephon Diggs. He should be. And, you know, Stephon Diggs showed it later on why he should have been. And uh, but, you know, look, when you don't have the personnel, when you don't have the answers uh, to threaten a defense you know, they're able to just pin their ears back and come downhill at everything and and that makes it really hard to play offense. Yeah. Um, so it's almost one of those things, it's a catch 22. Like the better you are, uh, the harder you are to defend because people are scared of you and they give you all these easy layups uh that that you can just sit there and take and take and take until you wait for something to break open deep. Um, whereas when they have no fear of of you beating them deep and punishing them they're going to blitz you they're going to you know come downhill they're going to press you up on the outside that they, they, like they're going to be uh they're going to play all the defense all the defensive schemes that everyone loves to see defenses play because hey why not like what's what's the worst that's going to happen you're going to throw a 50 50 ball to Traylon burks you know okay
1: mm-hmm. yeah well mike i want to get into the rest of the, the topics we want to get into today and we have quite a bit to discuss a lot of ground to cover however if you are listening to this show in podcast form on any of our Broadway Sports Media podcast networks, uh, you know, flagship shows, then this is the end of the road for you, unfortunately. And you need to go to broadwaysportsmedia.com and become a Broadway insider to get the full video or audio show available to you. This is a show in its entirety for insiders only. We have a, a ton to talk about. We're about to talk about Mike thinks that this coaching staff, especially the offensive coaching staff, deserves a little bit more patience then we're giving them. And, and that's a certainly not super popular take right now. And I think you'll be interested to hear his reasoning on that. We're also going to get into whether or not we're overreacting a little bit to this Titans team. And if things had gone a little differently, would we be feeling differently about this, this team as a whole? As well as where does the team go from here, both in this season and and uh, beyond this season. And then we've got a couple of interesting things to get into with some college football topics that Mike wants to get into at the end of the show before we of course end with our mic drop segment where Mike lays out his hottest take of the week before we get out of here. All of that is available to you and more if you become a Broadway Insider today for just 99 cents for your first month. If you use the code INSIDER when you sign up, you can get access to the entirety of the Mike Herndon show, early access to articles, premium articles that are just for insiders. Uh, there's a, a handful of things all laid out for you on the site that you can check out only if you're a Broadway insider. So go go become one. It's just the cost of a, a trip to Starbucks a month to get all of this great stuff. And it helps us keep the lights on. So we appreciate you guys. For those of you listening on podcast, we will see you next week.